From the Mount Smart faithful to the bandwagon supporters and everyone in between, we share a special bond. The Warriors. And who better to talk about the team we love than a bunch of nobodies? Let's go. Because this is Warriors Anonymous. Kia ora, Warriors Anonymous. One more time for our Warriors boys in 2021. My name is Jared Cronin. I'm joined by a panel. We're going to, I reckon actually we'll start this show on a good note because from there it may not stay the same. Um, fellas, we've got the, the panel on board. Daniel Farakura. Hey, bro. Kia ora, Farakura. How's it going? Isaac Soss. Hey, fellas. And money to sauce. Kiara, how's everyone again? Mate, um, let, let's let's start with a high. Monitor. <laughs> the answer is Sunday. What was the question? Oh shit. When's the Warriors last and worst game? <laughs> well that too, but it was Father's Day, so you got into character really well there. I was waiting for you to <laughs> Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Sorry, I don't know. Uh, happy, uh, happy Father's Day oh, to no, the, the fathers. Um, oh, yeah, that was good. Have you boys got a... Uh, did you get treated well, bro? Oh, I've got a mug with my uh, two daughters' faces on it to go with my other mug that says I fight a lot. So, you know, it's all good. No, it was good. Good day. Two, two yeah. accurate mugs there. Yep, yeah, good. two accurate mugs, you know. It's, it was quite a cheesy mug, you know. Number one dad. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> Uh, how yeah. about you, Daniel? Did you get uh, did you get paid yeah. back for your, uh, your efforts on Mother's Day? Um, debatable, <laughs> you know. There's there's definitely a, it's got to be an investigation. <laughs> um, that was a good day. Got my lawns done as you do on a Sunday. Real man's job. Classic. Got some firewood. Oh, and um, warmed up before. I got obviously got the opportunity to watch the footy both games. Uh, obviously. Talk about the other team, All Blacks, uh, and the Warriors, and warmed up on the tramp with some head-ups with my little boy as well, just getting prepared for the game, which was, uh, well, eventful in many ways. Oh, was it what? Now, also, before we move on to the game, Brad, just, um, you know, thinking of you as well, um, for, you know, you and all the people out there have lost their dads uh, on Father's Day, um, you know, thoughts with you and... Uh, and also to fellows like myself and Isaac, who are still aspiring dads as well. So uh, we'll figure it out one day, right? Um, let's uh, let's get into uh, yeah. Let's have a look at the uh, the round twenty five clash between the Warriors and the Gold Coast Titans on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Warriors went down about four hundred and eighty nine nil to the Titans, who only needed to beat us by eleven points to get into the uh, the top eight, and uh, they did that plus interest. So there's a lot going on here, fellas. <laughs> Where do we start? Isaac, where do we start, bro? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, I don't. I was going to say I know where we can finish, but I actually don't. It was a, a farce, that game. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong, and then players lost their call. It wasn't a good look. Some people were loving it and loving the biff and loving the aggro. There was parts of it where I could sort of get G'd up by, but then looking back, you go, that's pretty unprofessional, and it's not a good way to end the season with a look like that. That's just my opinion. But yeah, just, uh, well, I couldn't finish watching the game. I had to turn it off with about five or 10 minutes to go. I'd had enough. You walked off. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I did, and... did a mat lodge and gave the fingers to the TV and changed the channel. <laughs> also fair. Daniel, bro, was this 
Was this our worst game ever, just considering everything involved? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was saying before, there was, I, I couldn't find, I was like, I knew by just after halftime we, you know, we were gone, you know, we were playing horrible. And then I was trying to find, like, you know, he's always trying to find some positives, right? He was trying to find, like, who's having a good game. And there was mo- for a period there I thought Jazz was having a good game, you know, bought that defensive energy and pressure we had been lacking, line speed, all that stuff. And then obviously, you know, he does what he does. Um, brain snaps, sort of quasi looking after his mate sort of thing anyway. But uh, And then obviously it just turned into MMA really. So, yeah, I think horrible in the fact that we just didn't have anything. And we were just poor. I mean, we've lost games before. Sometimes horrible games for me have been when we've been leading like 24-0 and we've been run down. You know, that's just like heartbreak stuff. But at least, you know, in those games, you're up, right? But um, no, that was just horrible, horrible, horrible way to end the season. And as Isaac said, just to make yourself look like just weak and... um. Just grubs, really. Can't really argue with you on that score, bro. I personally went into the game looking forward to it being over, and that was before we'd even kicked off. I was sort of like, you know, I was just looking forward to this this thing just being closed, just close the book and move on to a new chapter. But um, there was some interesting stuff going on there. Monita, what did you think about the officiating by our NRL friends? Fucking over it, to be honest. Like, it's so inconsistent. Like, so inconsistent. Like, you've got the touchies. You can't even see a fucking forward pass. And it wasn't even a forward pass um, for that one to DWZ to score in the corner. And just the 10 metres was just woeful, I thought, just the officiating on that. And just the restarts. Um, we, we can't see him to catch a break, I think. Or maybe we just don't know how to go against the tactics, against uh, opposition on that. But... um. Yeah, and I think that just compounds on everything in terms of my frustration for the last game, especially just the amount of errors. I mean, we didn't really play ourselves to win, into winning that game, to, let's be honest. I mean, 11 errors, I think it was just in the first half. You're never going to win a game if you've only completed like 10 sets of the 19 sets. So, yes, the ref, yeah, it's been, if I was going to sum it up in a year, fucking inconsistent. But again, I, I think to your point, G last week, um, the powers that be, haven't really provided the direction in terms of where they should be going. So, yeah. Mm. It is a case where, you know, we had a ton of errors and we were awful. But what I don't want to do is minimise the impact that the poor refereeing had. Um, And I think not calling it out for what it is and just saying, hey, this is not good enough. I don't think that, you know, that should be glossed over and I think the NRL should look at it. Yeah, exactly. And they should... And they should get, you know, in the same way, be penalised in some ways. Or I, I guess they do, like, you know, the week before, oh, I can't remember the incident. Perinara getting sacked. Yeah, yeah, Manu. Yeah, yeah, Manu and Mitchell. Um, but, again, that's, that's bad refereeing, you know. It's just like you're just seeing it over and over again. And when they're actually going to get it right and it doesn't impact the game, you know, because it does impact the game. The only, the only thing I'd say to that is, you know, look, I think we all know that they get a bum steer and, and that's, you know, and I think it's when the Warriors have you know have done well as they've had a they've had a really good team and they probably had to perform 
at a higher level and being more disciplined than than most. But I, I think there's one thing is that the rules sort of ebb and flow, the variations and the crackdowns. We heard about crackdowns at the start of the season or mid-season. They just change. And, you know, we've all talked about how, fuck it, you know, like six weeks ago that was a red card or sent off. Now it's not, you know, things change. And that frustrates me because it's like the rules change. But I think that's, I think we're seeing things like the the wrestle in the in the game come back and the good teams who are good at it can kind of keep it to the level of the law. I think the restarts are more inside the 10 and like blatant, obvious kind of slowdowns, but that slow kind of getting up and getting stuck in type thing, I don't think we've we've copped the tip on that. I don't think we're just playing on as what the start of the season rules were as well, where perhaps it's our own fault. We probably need to adjust a bit more to going, okay, what's happening in the moment? What's happening in the game? Watching other games. Okay, they're doing this, they're doing that. We can get away with it as well. So I'm not saying that that's going to solve our issues, but we probably just need to be a bit smarter about how the game week to week has been officiated. I think that we are lacking in one major area, and that is when we when we tackle a player, we don't do the look. Like lots of teams, Melbourne are awesome at it, obviously, but there are a lot of teams that will do it. Tackle a player, they'll lie on them, but then in an instant they'll start looking at the referee. And then because they're looking for guidance, the referee kind of gives them a bit of, you know, there's a bit of extra leeway there. We never do it. We never seem to jump on them and then look around and be like, can I get up? We just kind of just pretty much bounce straight up off them and let them just run around us. Yeah, Jacob Campbell. Campbell looked like he was... Mate, he was looking like bloody Tommy Turbo out there the way he was yeah, killing us. Playing well, eh? Man, oh man. Um, but yeah, anyways. Just gonna compose myself. Here we go. And uh, uh <laughs> we'll take it back to you, Isaac. How good was that fight? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't the best fight I've seen. I mean, it was um the first one I've seen in a long time. So it's kind of part of me says it was kind of like funny to see that, a bit of a throwback. <laughs> Other part of me is just like, oh fuck, it's just a sign that you're getting your ass kicked that something like that happens. But um, I want to go back to that point about the refing. Like, um, you know, I, I can understand Dan's point about, you know, are we not learning and stuff like that? But if I was the Warriors, I'd be scared as hell to try anything to attempt to slow the ball down. Because even when we're not attempting to slow the ball down, we get pinged. You know, it could be the smallest transgression and we'll get done. Because I know there's inconsistency across the board with refereeing with these constant changes, you know, every six or seven weeks or whatever, but there is a level of consistency with the quality of the Warriors games versus the rest of the games in the, in the rounds. Yeah. And even the same refs the week before completely different call with the Warriors. If the Warriors tackle at all in any type of crusher tackle, the opposition team will just lie down, pretend like they're hurt until they get a penalty. They'll be perfectly fine. And that's one thing I'm noticing about the Warriors is they don't do that. Mm. You know, there are crusher tackles in there, but, you know, are they being smart enough to play it up? Not that I'm saying I like it because I hate it, but if the rest of the league is going to do it, it's a copycat league, why don't the Warriors do it then, you know? Because if if everyone else is setting the standard, then, okay, it's fair game. But I kind of like that the Warriors don't do that, and I hate how the other teams do. But um, it's all down to the the, the refs, like what are the Warriors going to get away with versus what other teams can get away with, and there's a massive... Massive discrepancy if you watch enough league and you can see the differences in each of the games. Did you notice during the week though, um, and I think this is the tip that everyone needs to to take on board is how see Chechen's um, retired. Yeah. And he came out saying 
he had a pretty good relationship with Cameron Smith, which everyone in the whole world knows that Cameron Surprise. Smith kind of just was like the fourth official on the field, right? <laughs> but like, it was quite interesting to, to listen to what he was saying. It's like, you know, there was times in the game he just wanted to stop, order a couple of coffees or a couple of beers, sit down and have a chat to to Cameron Smith and, and hear his point out. And just the way he went about not sort of blowing up with him, but, you know, and like copying the fact that they might have got that penalty right, but he would be just nerdling him in another direction. Hey, just keep an eye on that thing going on here. So it probably throws back to our on-field leadership, the ability to, you know, have we can we get the right, can we build the right relationships with the with the referees? Can you, have we got guys that have got enough footy smart to kind of plant those things, you know, uh, you know, go up to the ref and say, look, I'm getting, we're getting held down here. They're deliberately doing this, watch this, doing those things in the right manner as well. So, so yeah, I, I hear Isaac's point as well. And I think that's just a bias we're always going to have, right? And I think we're running against the tide on that. But at the same time, we're probably going to learn. Learn to schmooze the ref a little bit, you reckon? Yeah. Need a, a salesman to just, just Tung- grease the wheels a little and... Tungs and brown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we gets the job done. <laughs> We've had a, a bit of fallout from the, um, from the game, uh, in particular the ill-discipline from guys like Lodge and Evans and Reese Walsh and, and Jazz with, you know, quite a few, few of the boys facing suspensions. Kane Evans is facing about six or seven weeks <laughs> on the sidelines. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm actually, look, for any player to get suspended for a long, long time, I'm actually kind of happy with that when it's Kane Evans. You know, I'm like, I'm happy for him to get just, you know, yeah, just yeah. sit, bro. Is he, fellas, is he the worst Warriors player ever? He's up there. He's, he ranks near the top in terms, well, yeah, of, acquis- yeah. in terms of big time acquisitions. Yeah, you know? yeah. Value for money. And I think we just said before as well, like in terms of having a season, I, I, you know, like probably I'm incorrect here, but I'm going close to probably one of the worst NRL seasons by a player ever, ever, not just for the Warriors, ever. Mm. He has had a shocking season, hasn't he? And And he's done it with reasonably limited opportunities as well. Like, they talk about guys who make a massive impact, but usually that's in a positive context. So he's come on and had a massive impact in the opposite direction, like in negative oh, plays. You know? That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the negative Deli M. <laughs> yes. We, we need to think of the, uh, the, the, the reverse Deli M awards to uh, award to the, the, the worst and grubbiest. <laughs> well, let's put it, put it this way. Um, we let Papali'i go, Isaiah Papali'i, and, when, and we got Kane Evans. Yep, that hurts yeah. a lot. We and let look, Isaiah we, go we, to Para, and then we got Kane Evans from Para. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Who won out of that deal? Yeah, who um, won out of that deal? Para may have been going, oh, <laughs> thank God, Kane. Oh, <laughs> justified. Like the recruit, the recruitment um, team at Parramatta would be thanking their lucky stars that they made those sorts of decisions, you know? Yeah, And it absolutely. hurts us. All right, now uh, we've, we've had a few uh, lockdown issues, understand, in New Zealand. Um, but good to hear that you know, things have now come down a little bit, uh, particularly around the Wellington and Johnsonville area, uh, because a couple of weeks ago we had pushed the uh, Johnsonville Tourism Board's um, latest endeavour, which is Javel on a Plate. Um, if you have been down the, the Golden Mile of, uh, of Johnsonville, of uh, Javel Road, you will know that there are many cuisine delights to be had. So... Uh, Make sure you get back, get in and try some delicious cuisine. Fellas, name name one attraction each. Daniel. Joe's Cook. Isaac. It's just going to be the local KFC. 
Money da. Uh, I had a uh, marigolds, uh, Thai Ooh. Thai food, bloody good. Marigolds is that on Broderick Road? No one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's yeah. that one's just a little bit off the golden mile, but yeah, I oh, heard it's. Uh, well, well, it's you gotta, you gotta yeah. go beyond the mile to get those little nuggets. Oh, <laughs> is it? Is it off the beaten track? Is it a little? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Take yeah, that one, so. uh, fans. Yeah, yeah. If you're so, in Johnsonville, yeah. uh, go off the beaten track, and uh, you end up in a bit of a little nice little Thai place. Not massages, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a freezer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Is this a pillow talk? <laughs> this is a pillow talk. That's next Cam- month. Cam- they're happy about talk. restrictions being lifted too. Oh, yes. and the worst yeah. thing about it is you have to QR code in. Pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Imagine well, that, eh? Like, uh, so and- where have you been? Um, you've got COVID, so you've got. Have you got a, you know, a record of all the places where you've been? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that would oh. happen. Uh, 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 make sure you support local people. Javel on a plate. That was supposed to be a short outro, <laughs> but I ended up going for ages. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment on Warriors Anonymous. Sponsored by Pillow Talk. <laughs> Can we just talk? <laughs> Can we talk? We need to listen to this shit. Reverse trivia answer tonight, Sunday. What do you reckon the question might be? Father's Day. What, what, what about Father's Day? <laughs> Father's Day is on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, but what's the question? Oh. oh. No, I don't know. Oh. You, you, you're close. I just I just need the question. Oh. Like, I'm not too sure. Like the answer's Sunday, but what would the question be? All I know is Father's Day. Yeah, 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 you're kind of right. I just need to know the question. Mm. Like, uh, the 31st? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just need it in a question form, though. Like, as, as a question. Like, maybe, like, what day is Father's Day? What day is Father's Day? Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what would the question be? Uh, Father's Day is on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> 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 it would be a question. It would be, what day is Father's Day? So, so what, what day is Father's Day, right? Yeah, so the answer the answer is Sunday. Sunday. What do you reckon the question might be? What's the question, Mike? Oh, not don't know. You 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 you're 90% there. You just need to you need to give me the question. <laughs> is this for real? The answer No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> if, if, if the answer is Sunday, just you, the the question needs to be what day is Father's Day? What day is Father's Day? So if I ask you that, you give me that as a question, eh? What day is Father's Day? Sunday. Yep. So the answer is Sunday. What would the question be? Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. But the, the, the question needs to be what day. The answer needs to be what day is Father's Day? What day is Father's Day? So if I, I'll, I'll say the answer is Sunday. And if you can say what day is Father's Day, that's what I need, okay? Okay. Okay. The answer is Sunday. What, what, what do you reckon the question might be? Sunday. No. <laughs> you need to say to me what day is Father's Day. Oh. Okay. The answer is Sunday. What's the question? What day is Father's Day? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Warriors Anonymous. That is the first time that Monday has ever heard that particular piece of audio. Um, <laughs> what day is Sunday? <laughs> I believe this. You've never heard it. It's like it's oh, awesome. it I can't believe that's real. That is all time. That's like the yeah. that's like the opposite of Kane Evans right there. Um, that was, <laughs> what do we want to talk about? 
season's over. Ah, uh, we finished 11th-ish. One thing that scares me is the drop-off in performance by Reese Walsh. And I think the youngster in him is just getting frustrated, I think, with you know with that whole fight. Obviously, that sort of came up. But I think it might point to a little more of a problem that, yeah, he's maybe getting frustrated with the way the team's going, as everyone would be. But yeah, his form dropped off, especially in comparison to Jaden Campbell on the other side of the fence, who just tore us apart. You know, he was just playing backyard footy. And I'd I'd love to see Reese Walsh do a little bit more of that. But yeah, it was not just last week not, not just the last game we saw, but a lot of games before that, he just didn't look like um the Reese Walsh that burst onto the scene. I actually thought when I was watching Jaden Campbell rip us, you know, a new one. I couldn't help but think, man. Wouldn't Reese Walsh look good playing against us? He <laughs> 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 would look amazing. Um, but that's that's my only uh, that's my defence on that. Um, I just want to ask a little question. Obviously, the Bulldogs finished with a wooden spoon, uh, but they smashed the Tigers thirty-eight nil, oh, and then there was our team who lost forty-four nil. So, based on current form, are we the worst team in the league? <sighs> nah, Tigers are. I'd say Tigers. Cowboys. Yeah, I'd have to say Tigers. Tigers, yeah. I mean, they lost to the Dogs, you know. Badly. Badly. And they've had a documentary on them all season. The Madge's third season in charge. It's just not looking great. I mean, Mm. I think, you know, I guess for us, you know, shit into the the season, but, you know, we were done. You know, the game, nothing to really play for except pride. And if anything, uh, the only positive I'll take out of it is that, it was such a shit performance and so ill-disciplined that it's actually given Warriors management, leadership, Brown, everyone involved, like that is the measure of poor. You know, you, you wouldn't want to get to the preseason without having something like that still bubbling away on the surface. At least you'd think we've got something to work with in the off-season to say, don't you ever, ever put a fucking performance out like that. But the problem is if we didn't have that, you could get into five, six weeks, six rounds into the new season and feel like, oh, shit, we haven't turned a corner yeah. as well. So, but, but I mean, to sort of digress from your question, uh, I don't think we're that bad. And look, we're, down, we're, we're playing with 10 men for like, <laughs> for like eight minutes. Like, <laughs> the crowd was like, in the commentators are, oh, he's through, Jane Campbell scores, amazing try. It's like, yeah, the There's gaps everywhere. There's fucking, there's no... Yeah, they've got three on two everywhere they go. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think Tiger's got big issues. We have a signings-wise and players coming and squad-wise, we're looking pretty positive. You thought, like, Sturlo was on the, his um, uh, Triple M podcast saying Warriors, in terms of their signings for next season, look pretty good. Even Gus Gould has to say that as well. He's He sort of mentioned that they've got they've bought well. You know, a few other pundits said they've got some good stock there. So, yeah, it's not that bad. Have you boys seen the movie Invictus? Yes. No, I have not. Shame. Okay. Well, there's, there's a, um, yeah, I'll give you a little spoiler. Um, <laughs> there was an early changing room exchange whereby Springboks had lost the game. And uh, I don't know if this is just creative license or not, but apparently um, Francois Pina went around the boys and just gave them all a beer and said, drink this beer. And just remember what this tastes and smells like, because we never want to be here ever again. So my question is, who out of our current squad would be the Francois Pina going around the boys, handing them cans of DB Bitter and saying, remember this? 
That's a fucking good question, actually. Who who would personify that kind of attitude with him? Roger Tuivasa Sheik isn't there anymore. He would have been an easy kind of like person to, you know, think of. But um, probably Tohu Harris might be the next person to do that kind of scenario. Him watching that game, he'd be bloody disappointed, you know, because he comes from the Melbourne Storm kind of makeup and uh, he's the consummate professional. Yeah, he would be fuming. But that does remind me um, when they did go to the Fisty Cast and get into the Royal Rumble. AFB wasn't on the field, so the captain at that time wasn't on the field. So maybe AFB might have helped. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I actually we were lacking a little bit of leadership, searching for like who would be that player. Mm. Um, I think he's obviously he's been captain, so he, uh, and it's probably helped making him. You know, he had a wild streak in him, eh? Back in Manly as well, where he told the ref to do one. Um, he got in trouble for that as well, and he's had a few other little indiscretions. But yeah, he's probably the guy. Um, what I was just going to say though, you know, you talked about, you know, he wasn't on the field and there was 50 cuts happening. And then the ref was like, all right, who's the captain? Who's the captain? It's Matt Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy he's going to reprimand as the captain. So, but I think it's a yeah. big, big, there's a bit of a vacuum, I think. You know, Tohu's a great leader, don't get me wrong. And he's probably going to be captain, right? But he's not there. They do say he's a bit of a quieter. Yeah, kind of guy as well. So yeah. it is hard. Yeah, inspirational is the word. Like Tohu, I think will be the captain because he leads by example, and I think he's of the same mold of RTS. You know, the consummate professional. But is that enough to inspire this Warriors squad? I don't know because your inspirational guys that you'd look to, to like Jazz Tavanga. I was thinking Jazz. Yeah, they they just too close to that line, that edge of going too far. Mm. Um, so the Warriors, you know, they do miss a character in that club. I mean, it doesn't even have to be on the field. Just a character in that club that can inspire a certain amount of effort in the players. I don't know who that person is. Ah, you know what? I think it could possibly be uh, Sean Johnson, even Sean Johnson next year. I think he may come back a better man in terms of his little stint in the Sharks. And he's been there, done that. He's been through the hard times. He's been through the good times. And so he's got a lot of experience behind him. Maybe he could be the one. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be definitely in the mix, yeah, you yeah. Know, strategically and, you know, game control, all the rest. But I know where Jed's going. And I, and I think we go back to the Warriors teams of the past, Kevin Campions of the world, who just mm. commanded respect. You had Steve Price, Ruben Wiki, again, commanded respect. Just big guys, did their job. You know, didn't shoot the responsibility. Simon Mannering was that guy as well. You know, he was Mr. Clean Up. I think Jess probably got an idea of one player, perhaps, but you know, I'm not too sure who that, who plays that role for us at the moment. Obviously, without talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I think even though um, Isaac mentioned that he is he's often close to the line and crossing it quite often, I reckon Jazz Devanga will be the one handing around the beers and just saying, "Oi, mm. let's." Mm. Let's never come back here ever again, you know. Yeah, I think he would be the kind of personality to do that. But, um, but you know, that's all sort of hearsay, I suppose. Probably one of our top members, I would say, is Greg Spence. And um, shout out to you, bro, because uh, Moneta's got a, a good uh, nickname for you. The Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> because, bro, you come out with some amazing posts and um, he, he, he potted one up today on uh, NRL Fanatics um, 
Facebook page. And it was just in regards to we've just completed our worst season since 2017. Didn't beat anyone in top seven. Got flogged 44-0 by the eighth team. Um, and we had a whole bunch of other shit stuff going on. And now we've got our worst performed coach who's sitting at a 33% win record uh, and is now locked in for two more years. So apart from Sean's return, where are the positives coming from next year? We'll go to you, Isaac. Yeah, just through sheer coincidence, the number of players that we've had to bring in through the system. I reckon it's been good. I mean, Montoya, I don't think he was a starting winger at the start of the season. And now he'd probably be one of the first names on the team sheet. He's been great for us, I reckon. He's been one of the finds, if not maybe one of the players of the season. Then you've got guys like Rocco Berry that might not have had a sniff this year if it wasn't for injury. And then, yeah, just the, the recruitment for this year, just shaping a team that when you look at it on paper, you sort of cover all the areas that you need to cover. So I think out of this year, you know, bit of a wreck, you know, two years on the road, a lot of injuries, but there are definite positives you can take out of it. And, you know, Reese Walsh as well, you chuck that into the mix too. Just some pretty gun recruiting. So I'm I'm pretty hopeful and pretty confident for next year, despite everything that's gone on, especially in the past sort of three to four weeks. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I understand. Daniel, you had mentioned that um, Matt Long put up a, a heartfelt post um, just expressing his, you know, uh, sincere, um, you know, apologies for losing the plot a little bit and flipping the bird to the, the Gold Coast faithful. I guess, side note, I was watching the TV going, yeah, bro, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> fuck all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, Lodgy's has come up and, uh, you know, seems pretty um, genuine about his remorse for the situation. And it seems like he's trying to become a leader. How do you think he's going to be able to use this incident to move forward next year? Getting to a, a state of rock bottom, you know, a place where performance wasn't there, if it's not there, discipline out the window, it means that I said can't get any worse, and you kind of said you kind of said could we get worse? Um, but you got to use that to go forward. Up, I think he's you know well documented around his past. Um, he's never going to shake that you know on the field, especially the way people talk to each other on the field as well. They're always going to be into him about it. They might not just be serious, be as um, over the top as as what other comments have been um, made uh, with other players, but. I mean, it's a big opportunity for him if he wants to do anything in the game. He wants to be seen as a top-tier player, a leader at this club. And as he's expressed in that message, which is awesome to see, you know, great to see. Yeah, it's his words. He's got to put it into action. And I think we said a couple of weeks ago, I was a bit concerned, is that he's not going to play all the games because he's going to constantly be getting sent off. And the way history is designed is that you just get loading. And everything you do adds more weeks and more weeks. So you do anything, you're just going to get more weeks. You just get scrubbed out of the game. So, yeah, he's got a lot to um, change. it, And it's a hard one because it, he, you need to be dominant, need to be an enforcer, but you need to know when, you know, I think it's maturity, right, and leadership. You need to know when to tail it off. So, uh, yeah, so he's got an opportunity to um, right some wrongs. Is there a sort of, like, you know, you say with the loading points, is there like a sort of a period of time whereby if you, you know, manage to play clean for a year or so, does that dilute your loading that you carry over or how does... Just a good question. Um, I might have to upskill myself as a, not only the salary cap auditor, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, judiciary legal advisor as well. We need to get the but, oracle on now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But you look at some of those players, you know, look at the Mitchell. I mean, that was a, a heinous act 
in terms of a mistake, you know, tackle gone wrong, but that got up because of his previous misdemeanors. Mm. Let's have a look at things with a little bit of a glass half full, just to wrap things up. Moneta, our boys have just finished probably the hardest season the Warriors have ever endured. If you take away the last, say, 82 minutes of the season, how proud would you have been of the boys at that point with two minutes to go in the Raiders game? You know, it's bloody hard being a Warriors fan, but I'll still support them. But sometimes it's easy to forget that they've been away for about two years. So this isn't normal. They want to be back at home training, you know, being part of a crowd, being with their fans, and you know, and they're stuck there, you know. And so they've worked hard behind the scenes to to have some normality around this whole kind of COVID shit that's going on. I, I don't know if I'm proud, but like I'll stick through and through with them. You know, I won't, I won't give up quite yet. Fuck it, I'm gonna say it. Ride or die with the Warriors. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes us the Warriors fans, right? You know, we're going to have a fucking have a bit of a, you know, a rant about it. We're going to enjoy the moments where they fucking have a good game. But, um, yeah, that's all part of the joy of being a Warriors fan. It's unpredictable. <laughs> so I'll keep on coming back. Isaac, how happy are you that the 2021 season is over for us? Pretty happy it's over. It's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was just a slow, slow death after we blew our chance to potentially make the eight, you know, three or four weeks ago, I thought, and sort of all went downhill from there. But, you know, there are positives to take out of the season and you've got to commend their effort and you've got to commend the fact that they stuck it out. Again, for two years away from home, it looks like they're going to have to stick it out for another year away from home. You can't knock the effect that being older, playing your own backyard has. So, yeah, again, I don't know if the proud is the word of the team, but understanding of the uh, the trials and tribulations that they've had to go through, it, it's not easy for anyone at the moment, but it's yeah. particularly not easy for that team compared yeah. to every other team. All in all, I'm still proud of our team for what they've done over the last two seasons and, you know, what they'll do next year as well, just for the sacrifice. But we've got a gun on out of here because we're out of time. On behalf of Daniel Farakura, Isaac Soss, and Monita Soss, my name is Jerry Cronin. We are done. We're not done for the year. We're going to be back for one more show, but we'll catch you next time. Warriors Anonymous. Peace. Peace. <laughs> back, baby. <laughs> Speed read at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was like quick as. Sunday. 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 Oh.